nearly everyone has had a job that just simply sucked. In this podcast, we dive into the terrible workplaces that exist, either due to customer interactions, horrible bosses, bad culture, or environment. Tune in each episode to hear interviews and news stories of why work sucks. Hello, my name is Brian Lamar, and I am the host of this podcast, Work Sucks. Work Sucks is a podcast where we just talk about sometimes when uh, when you're in a job and, and it just it sucks, whether it's due to the environment, dealing with uh, bad customer interaction kind of things, uh, dealing with bosses that just don't know uh, how to treat people, all those kinds of things. There's so many different w- reasons why work can suck. And, um, and just like I promised, uh, every episode we're going to have a different interview with uh, someone who uh, has had an experience on the job that they'd like to share with, with you, the listener and uh, and just basically give us um, their take on what happened and maybe possibly provide some some best practices or lessons learned from their experience on the job so today we have with us Dwayne who is uh, calling in uh, in to us from northern uh, New York uh, Buffalo area uh, you know when I, when I think of New York I, there's there's only a couple things you think of New York City uh, and you think of uh, Niagara Falls that kind of thing but uh, Buffalo is an awesome awesome town and uh, and, and just they've, they've got uh, beautiful scenery up there and uh, just just a great quality of life so hey Dwayne how's it going? Oh, good, good. Another day in paradise up here, so I'm having a good time. Another day in paradise. Yeah, I hear it. I hear it. You know, I, sometimes when I look at pictures up there, uh, you know, in that area, and then also like New Hampshire and Vermont and just Maine and all that 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 north northeastern like arm that sticks out of the United States, I just look at it and just envy because it looks so pretty up there. Oh yeah, it's beautiful in the fall. We're known for. You know the leaves changing and that that scenery there, so it's 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 real nice to see. So uh, I I'm a big uh, it's weird it's a it's a very little known fact about me I'm a big uh, maple syrup I guess aficionado. <laughs> just, uh, do they do that kind of stuff in northern New York? They do. Well, I'm technically Western New York, so they do actually. Uh, the town I grew up in, I grew up in a small town in Western New York, almost near the Pennsylvania borderline there, and uh, our town festival is the Maple Festival. Where this area is very well known for, uh, a lot of people in the country actually do their own maple syrup. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool over here. There's a lot of that, and there's a lot of people who have. Uh, I'm forgetting the term, but they have the little maple shacks in their on their property, and they make their own maple syrup. So yeah, that, that's really cool. I that whole industry, the whole maple syrup industry, just kind of I don't know. I'm just in love with it, and uh, I I can't stand uh, going to a, a restaurant. I don't even know why we're going off on this tangent on maple syrup, but uh, <laughs> the, this uh, going to a restaurant and when they have like the the fake syrup, you know the the it's the sugar yep. cane or, or it's the uh, the corn syrup. I I just get so 
disappointed and I, I just want real maple syrup and it, it's it's expensive so I get it uh, restaurants trying to keep their costs down but I just I'm, I'm in love with the maple syrup industry so it's, anyways I, I feel like an idiot right now because I was calling it northern New York and so you're you're technically you're western New York. We're, we're technically western New York yes yes we're uh, just to put it in perspective we're eight hours from New York City and 45 minutes from Niagara Falls New York's a pretty big state so ah gotcha yeah yeah a lot of people don't realize actually how big new york is and and how rural some of new york is yes yes well okay um Dwayne, i asked you to come on the show today to talk about uh you know something that that made your job suck in the past and uh and i heard that you got a pretty uh, interesting story for us so so tell us uh what it was you you don't have to name names uh you don't have to name companies whatever but tell it what what it was uh that that made your job suck so what mine was kind of like a perfect storm of suckage because um i went to school for accounting I, i got a degree in accounting and i worked in a public accounting firm out of college and it was an amazing job because in public accounting like a lot of jobs we drove the revenue of the company if that makes sense you know i build out hours the company made money so we were kind of the um driving of profit and an income for the firm so this firm partners all knew that and they treated us very very well we were paid well we were treated well um great bonuses you know great benefits they had christmas parties and a tax season parties you know summer parties they they treated us as like you know the whole a lot of these corporations say like, oh, you're here. It's like we treat everyone like family. We're a big family and it's all, you know, you roll your eyes. Um, They actually did. They treated us very well. They understood that, you know, without us, the firm wouldn't work well. The firm couldn't go. And and the better we do, the more they make. And they understood that and compensated us and, and, you know, gave us what we wanted. Uh, The only reason I ended up leaving the job was because there was more travel than I'd liked. I I had gotten married. Um, We were thinking about having kids. Uh, I wanted to settle down. And uh, the, the, the job had a little bit more travel than I'd like to see. I wasn't home as much. So uh, I ended up going to a private company that owned nursing homes and we were in charge of preparing financial reports. And the worst part is I went from a company that respected us, cared about us, loved us, you know, were, was glad we were there to a company that um, – didn't care. I mean, the, the the management didn't care. Um, the, the 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 staff was just um, stuck. There were a lot of people there that didn't make a lot, so um, you know they were kind of stuck to the job to pay their bills. And um, this 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 issue was exemplified by like I just you know I, I just went from somewhere where they like they appreciated us and, and understood how it works to a company that. You know, didn't care. Um, just to put it in perspective, on the first day, oh, actually, when I was interviewed, they're like, "Yeah, there there might be some overtime. They're like, maybe maybe ten hours here and there. Um, you know, there's good, there's competitive benefits, there's competitive salary. Um, when I got my offer package, there wasn't, but I decided that, you know, I, I ignored the red flags. I was hoping to be home more. And so on the first day, we, we walk in, and the first day, there's all this inner inner. Um, there's all this kind of training and stuff. And uh, they sit down with our salary and benefits package, and there's no there's no four hundred one k there. Um, so I took a little bit of a pay cut because I figured I was working less. And the guy interviewing me goes, "Oh, they said there's only a little bit of overtime. No, we work eighty hours a week." 
during busy season, which is April, May, and September and October, because they refused to hire more people. I was like, oh, well, that that's that's more than 10 hours here and there, but okay. And then, you know, the benefits were bad. So you're like, ah, you know, I'm really taking a hit here. And then they took me out to lunch on the first day. And I was like, okay, well, there's something, you know, they're going to get to know me. And the guy training me goes, oh, no, 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 no. The reason why they take you out to lunch on the first day is because before they started doing that, people were going on the, like, hey, I'm going to go home for lunch. I'm going to go grab lunch. And they just weren't coming back. And I was like, oh, well, that's <laughs> <laughs> that. Okay. That, that right there is, uh, it, it reminds me of when you go on a blind date and the blind date disappears to the bathroom about halfway through and then never comes back. Yep. So, so yep. This, this was, they, they started taking people out to lunch because apparently all over the firm, people were warning new hires to, to run. And so they were coming in for their first day, just going home for lunch and just never coming back. And um, I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting, you know. So I was like, oh, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I'll see it out. So, I, you know, I, I hit the ground running. Um, we're already behind. So we're already – the department I'm part of, I was in the financial department. They're already behind and it's kind of their not busy season yet. So it's not even their busy season and they're already behind. So, you know, I have to hit the ground running and I'm trying to learn and go at the same time. And uh, – what made the job even worse was my boss. Do you know, like, picture picture going back to, like, the 1930s, the 1940s, and, and talking to, like, the average male about, like, a female boss and, like, females in the workplace, and you get, like, that caricature, stereotypical, like, male, like, oh, we can't have women in the workplace. They're, they're going to cry all day. Like, they can't handle the stress like that, like, you know early 1900 mindset yeah. that, that like women were feeble if you asked a bunch of men to draw why women shouldn't be in the workplace that was my boss i mean she couldn't handle any pressure any stress you know and and it was just like anything that went wrong it was like an explosion um i remember one day and this this is like this is when like uh, we'll get into this but um you know, I was there for a week and I, and I, I'm, I'm trying to get caught up. I'm trying to learn. And one thing I'm noticing is that whoever I'm taking over for, I'm catching a lot of mistakes. So the whole, like, just do what they did last year. Just do what they did last year. Well, I can't go off last year because last year was done wrong. So there, there are issues with things being done wrong. There's issues with things not working out right. So what I'm supposed to be learning on is wrong. So I'm not even learning the proper systems and, and there's a struggle. And I remember it's, it's my the end of my first week in office and uh, I'm doing a report and I'm having an issue because I'm, I I know for a fact the information I'm getting is incorrect. It does it doesn't make sense because long story short, the company owned nursing homes and they're telling me that there's there's 40 patients in this 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 wing, but the wing only has 22 beds. So there can't be 40 patients in a wing with 22 beds because it doesn't you, – you cannot do that. Right. So, okay. you know, it's it's basic stuff like that. And so my boss, I'm trying to explain this to her and she's like, well, just do what they did last year. I'm like, well, last year they said there was 39 patients in a wing of 22 beds. So it, it, it's wrong. This is incorrect. So there's an issue. So it doesn't get 
done by five on Friday, and I overhear it telling my telling the soup like the the, the higher her higher up that I don't know what I'm doing, that I'm incompetent, that it's just all wrong. And I was like, well, no, I'm not. I, I know what I'm doing, and I don't appreciate being thrown under my bus by the person training me and trying to be my manager. You know, so there was an issue there. And then eventually, so at, the, at this point, Dwayne was was it an, an, an HR issue or was it just a kind of an internal? You guys are discussing. It was uh, a it was a workplace issue. It was just a, a just a very toxic workplace. Um, everyone was miserable. Everyone was just burnt out, and there there was no HR. Um, there there was no HR. There was no. Um, you know, uh, they actually had an HR department, but it was known to not go to HR because the HR, the woman that worked in HR was related to the owner of the company. So I have a quick question for you on here. So, yep. uh, so at this point, you, you've, you've already been warned uh, yep. by, by your coworkers. Hey, uh, the reason why they're taking you out to lunch is so you don't run off in the middle of the day on your first yep. day. Yep. Okay. So, and then also you have uh, understood that the work that you inherited was that you didn't have a good template to continue yep. the work because it had been previously done. And then the third thing that I, that I, I kind of pulled out of this, this information that you've given us so far is that the boss is already willing to throw you under the bus yes. uh, and, and with lack, you know, with, with being poorly trained to, uh, to take over because not given any good continuity things as well. So, so one, one question I know that a lot of listeners are probably asking right now is, um, can you explain to us what was going through your head and, and, and why, and, and this is not an accusatory question. I, I, I want to point that out. Yep. But why at this point do you stick with this job? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, seriously, like th- this was. I remember. I remember after the first week, I was married at the time, and at the first week, I came home, and I was like, I don't know why I'm here. And she's like, Well, you know, it was kind of like the maybe it'll get better. It's only been a week or two. You know, maybe I, you know, they don't like change, or maybe it's just, you know, some people aren't as inviting. I kind of figured. I, I think it was almost like a shock. I, I didn't believe that it could happen. I mean, it was one of those like, yeah, I've heard horror stories about bad workplaces. I just came from a really good workplace. You know, maybe I'm 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 being too harsh. Maybe, you know, I, I got to give it some time. I kind of figured, you know, I, I wanted to see, you know, where where things would go, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was more of like just a. I couldn't believe how bad it was, so I didn't believe it. Um, I don't know. I really don't. Um, you well, know, I, I, that's that's okay. I think that uh, we fall into that uh, trap as as employees a lot of times. We fall into that trap of we we get into a job and we're so happy to have landed somewhere yep. uh, that you know, and especially you being newly married and, and you you know creating this this new chapter in your life, and you're wanting to transition into some. Thing that uh, that's going to work for you, and so you're willing to put up with a little bit of extra crap 
thinking possible there's there's a school of thought is that uh you you're thinking okay well i gotta give it some time i gotta it's me that's gotta adjust to this organization or yeah. b um you know even if it's uh not quite the ideal situation you know i'm just gonna do it because that's that's what i gotta do to you know put food on the table that, that kind yeah. of thing am i am i, am I looking no, in no, the right direction there i i agree and also um you know changing jobs is stressful there's that not knowing you know you're putting yourself out there, not sure if you're going to get hired, not sure if you're going to get rejected. So you kind of feel, you know, you're taking the, I kind of took the easy way out and said, I'll stick it out for a little bit longer because, you know, changing jobs is hard. And, you know, a future employer might ask why I didn't stay at this job very long. And I just left a job. So you kind of justify it. Um, you know, that's kind of what I did. Um, I, I kind of tried to justify it with that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, well, I get it. Um, yeah. I, I I had a job one time where um, I, I switched jobs. I'd been at this job for years, and then I switched jobs. And then within the first couple of months, I realized, oh, no, this is a bad move. And my, my old job had already been filled, so I couldn't go back. Um, yep. <clears throat> and I didn't I – didn't, I didn't leave for any uh, nefarious reasons from the previous job. I just thought, hey, new opportunity, new, you know, whatever. And, and oh, I, yeah. I realized oh, yeah. the grass was not greener on the other side. And, uh, and, and, and the thing is, is I stuck with that job for uh, – only about six months until I found something new, which which was was turned out to be a much better gig. So, but uh, but my yeah. trepidation of applying for a job after just being there for a few months was, oh, are people going to see that I was only here for a few months and I couldn't hack it? Not the other way around. Yeah, and and sidebar, and we'll get into this later. Is my goal at the time? Um, I had also started, and this this is going to answer some questions you're going to ask in the future. Um, I had also started doing individual and business returns on the side. So I also justified it by saying, well, I started my own thing. This was never going to be a long-term career. It was just a holdover as I started my own business. So then I had, you know, steady income, steady workflow, you know, I could budget. And then, so I only planned to be there for four years. Um, I figured when I turned 30, I would, uh, uh, when I turned 30, I would leave that job. So I figured, oh, it's, it's three, three, three to four years, maybe a little bit less at the most, you know, so that's kind of why, and to be honest with you, um, as time went on, in the back of my head, I realized uh, this goes both ways. And even though I was miserable, um, I was the best they were going to get. So then I started yeah. to realize that I could put my foot down. What are they going to do? Fire me? They'd be doing me the favor. I, I hate to say that because it sounds really <laughs> bad. But there were a couple times where I ended up clashing with my boss. And my, my response was, look, if you want to fire me, the guy that cleaned up your company and is, is getting your stuff done on time, look, go right ahead. I don't care anymore. And that's that's what developed was, um, you know, that kind of – uh, look, I'm here. I'm doing the bare minimum. I'm leaving at five. I'm coming in at nine. Um, if the work's not done, I'll explain to you why it's not done and we can either figure it out or go from there. And if you don't like it, like fire me. And that's that's kind of how I in the in the time I was there, I was only there for a year little over a year and probably about six months in that's the mentality I adapted and said look I'm not I'm not doing this anymore um 
So that's eventually how I justified the sh- the, the job was I just got jaded and apathetic to everything else going on. Um, well, that, that's that's a problem for a lot of people because it bleeds over into other parts of your life. Yep, and that's yeah. yep. That's why I ended up leaving is because um, I was so miserable there that I was miserable at home. Um, you know, I was kind of unhappy. I hated going to work. Uh, when when the reason why. Um, I knew I had to leave the job when at one point, and this is this is kind of morbid, uh, Western New York, Buffalo, we get snowstorms, and uh, we had a snowstorm um, hit, and everyone's leaving work, and my boss was, um, she was trying to pull out of the parking lot and went to stop and like slid into traffic, and tried to back up because there was traffic coming so she had to back up and I was behind her and uh, I remember thinking to myself like oh she slid into traffic maybe she'll get hit by a car and I figured figured, you know as soon as you have that thought um, you shouldn't be there anymore you know I I started to realize that um, I was cleaning up a lot of their messes I was fixing a lot of their mistakes and I realized that it got to the point where I no longer cared, you know, um, we were part of a team and certain things were being filed late or we were filing things. Uh, we were filing things incomplete, knowing that they'd get rejected, but it would buy us more time to complete them. And that's not really what you should be doing. And so I started to realize, like, I don't care anymore. Maybe when we file these incomplete, we're going to get fined. We're going to get shut down. Like, they're eventually going to start looking into this. And I realized that once you start wishing poorly on the company and once you start wishing poorly on the people that are that are there, you probably shouldn't be there anymore. There's no more that, like, apathetic jadedness. It's more of, you know – you're actively hoping something goes wrong out of a morbid sense of revenge. And I said, you know what? That's not healthy. That That's not healthy. That's not what I should be doing. And that's when I said, you know, I can't stick this out anymore. Yeah. So, um, you know, when, when you were telling that story, I, I guess it's not the appropriate thing, but I was thinking about uh, malicious compliance, um, yep. which is a which is a term uh, for, for the listeners out there, malicious compliance. And I, I can give you a, a bigger definition of this later after the interview. But uh, basically, when you when you do something uh, for your organization, knowing that it may cause. Um, uh, grief down the road yep. for your organization. Yep. Uh, this I, I, this I, doesn't I, I, quite fit that definition no, of malicious I, compliance, but, I didn't but yeah, get it reminds me of it. I didn't get there, and I and I felt it coming, and I realized that <laughs> you know what, I'm putting myself at risk. I don't want to do that. That's when I realized that you know being here is so toxic and so draining. Um, one thing that did help me stick it out as long was, I, I hate to say this, but the the, the company company did little things that to how do i say this the company did little things to punish other workers there so for example um they you get a half hour unpaid lunch and so what happens was they forced everyone to take lunch at the same time and you're like okay well what's the big deal there well the big deal was the break room only fit like 30 people they had 75 people in the office so 
the reason for that to force everyone to take lunch at the same time was they said it was a security issue, which is which is wrong. It was because if you only can fit 30 people in the workroom and you have 75 people in the building, people are going to start working at their desk and working through lunch. So you're getting a free half hour of labor. Um, yeah. So or, or people aren't going to take their lunch. It's going to work through. So you're getting like I said, like you're getting free labor. Um, then what happened was people started leaving to go to lunch. So they said, well, it's a, it's a security risk. You actually can't leave on lunch. And I threw a fit and said, well, that's not true. You're not paying us. If it's an unpaid lunch, we're on our own time. You can't tell us to stay. There was a back and forth. Um, so then what some of the other people would do is they take, you'd get like a couple 10 minute smoke breaks. You'd get three 10 minute smoke breaks a day. Um, people started to take them to try to just get out of the building and, um, people would take the 10 minute break and not smoke. They just go outside and walk around the building or, you know, go outside and get some fresh air. So the company to respond made it a smoke free campus. Which is fine. You know, it is what it is. That's not the end of the world. But it was these little subtle things they did to make sure people weren't leaving, to make sure people were staying. It became very prisonish. Um, so when the company started doing stuff like that, um, that, that you know, kind of really rubs people. So one thing that made it better was a lot of people had the same problem. So there was like these groups of people kind of complaining. And as I got more into my career, I would kind of stand up and say these things, which – we had a lot of people because our, our, I didn't explain this situation well. I apologize, but there were a lot of people there from like single moms making minimum wage to you know professionals making. Hey, you know, hey, I, I, yes, I'm, I'll, I'll have to interrupt you a minute. For some reason, someone's hammering near my studio. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but I cannot a, hear it. If, if it helps, my dogs are playing in the background. So I don't know if you can hear that, but yeah, that, I, I can't I, hear that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't hear your hammering. So, okay. Um, if, if I could, um, I'm going to edit that, um, what we just said right there out and get you to start that thought over. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, um, I started to kind of fight for, because I didn't care what happened to me. I started to call out the, um, started to call out the problems that people were having and at this place i didn't describe well you had like single moms making minimum wage up to it people making 200 grand a year and so they really started to hammer you know the people making less money the benefits were um you didn't get unpaid time off you earned unpaid time off by working so for every 40 hours you worked you accumulated like an hour of unpaid time or an hour of vacation time quote unquote okay but you had to take vacation time on holidays where the business was closed or you'd have to take unpaid time. So a lot of the people that didn't make salary or, or you know made minimum wage, they were banking all this time to take off an unpaid holiday so they didn't lose money where they're living check to check. So um, that didn't necessarily affect me, but it affected morale. It affected people there. You know, it really upset some people. Um it, it, they weren't they weren't their mentality was essentially um if you leave we'll find someone else and they've told people that and i remember at one point i was there for about a year and the the company has 75 people in there i want to say anywhere from 40 to 60 new employees came through 
in that year. Um, and if you really break it down, at one point I had a better breakdown because I, I made a friend of a coworker there and he left right around the same time I did. Um, if you take out the owners, the upper level staff, the managers and the salaried people that were there for a long time, um, it was a 300 percent turnover amongst the day to day operations, which means that in a year I was there, the average person lasted four months. Well, that, that becomes pretty expensive for the company in it, of itself it, it as well because you have to retrain new people. Not only do you have to spend the, the time and effort recruiting new people and, and going through the hiring process and onboarding and stuff, but retraining and all that stuff. Yep. It sounds like that stuff wasn't really happening to a great extent anyways as far as like the, the train up and the onboarding, but still very uh, draining financially for a uh, company. Yep. Yep. And and then what happened was toward the end, um, I found out a lot of people didn't like my manager for a, a plethora of reasons. And so other departments wouldn't work with her. So then our staff and their staff would be the go between between these manager feuds. And you're like, hey, man, I just want to get this report done so I can go home because I don't care. And, you know, our managers arguing with another manager. And it's just this nightmare of scenario where like, you know, every day, you know, what's what's going to happen today? Like, who's you know, what's the fight today? And um, yeah, you know, there's a lot more that I just see the employees going, no, no, mommy and daddy are fighting again. Yeah, it, it, it eventually turned into – yes, it turned into – it became comical because, um, like I said, our manager had a lot of problems at home um, and, and she brought him into the workplace. And I remember – let me just explain one day and this is probably TMI and I apologize, but this is this really exemplifies – me and my boss had a, bad, a fight one day because – I don't even know what started it. What started it was she told me to do something, but I didn't like how she told me to do it. So I did it my way faster. Essentially, I got the same answer, just different work. And um, she blows up on me in front of these people. And I and I didn't say anything. And so she finishes her tangent and I look around and say, oh, I I didn't realize you were talking to me because I'm not going to be talked to like this. So I thought you were talking to someone else. (laughs) So you can re-say what you're saying if you want to be a professional adult. But if you're going to yell and scream, I don't know who you're talking to. I didn't even listen. And so she comes over later. She goes, you know, I'm really sorry. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my period and I'm just really stressed out. And I remember thinking to myself, out of everything I've ever known, that probably ranks (laughs) so far to the bottom. And that's when I realized, like, she is the caricature of what 1920s men didn't want in the workplace. And I thought, like, you're just, you're just sad. Like, you are just a sad, sad person who's just miserable and everything she does. And you just have to bring everyone down. And I just, I realized then that just, there's always going to be excuses. There's always going to be a problem. And, and I got very, like I said, I got very jaded. Um, I got very apathetic. And um, it did. It affected my home life. It affected, you know, my outside life. It affected, um, you know, like I, I dreaded going to work. And I do have thick skin. Um, I do. I don't let a lot bother me. And like I said, I even started to notice after a while it did start to bother me. Um, so here, here's the thing that I've got to ask you. So, yes. um, so at what, at what point – 
did you just realize that things were never going to get better? Uh, and that, oh, I mean, I think you were kind of getting into this, but, yep. and, and then you needed to start looking for a new job. And then, and then when you started looking for the new job or, or the, the, the transition out of that job, yep. um, what would be, um, what would you say your, your best practice and, and lesson learned uh, yep, during absolutely. that part? So um, a week in, I realized there was going to be issues. A month in, I realized there's going to be significant issues. About three months in, I realized this is, you know, irreconcilable issues. These, these aren't going to be fixed. These aren't going to be problems. Six months in, I had a meeting with HR and that's when I realized HR, you know, owned, you know, worked for the owners. Um, so about six months in, I realized that it's not worth it. I can't do it. I started looking for other jobs. Um, and then dumb luck, it it was just dumb luck. Uh, An opportunity came to me for my, for my side business that I was able to bring on. So then I realized that, um, it was no longer, do I need to look for another job? Should I find another job? It was work on both opportunities at the same time. And once my second, you know, my, my job became, or my, my company became able to do so, I was just going to leave. So then that, that kind of relieved a lot of the stress that I was going through because I realized that any day I could just, you know, leave. And so then it became pushing the, the, you know, company that I owned into better heights so I could, you know, leave that job. Okay. All right. So um, what kind of advice would you give uh, to somebody that's out there that's dealing with a boss that, that, you know, maybe like, like you had, like has yep. uh, like boundary issues or something like that. D- don't ignore the red flags and don't think it's going to get better. Um, that's what I, the mistake I made was, you know, I, I saw the red flags. Um, I ignored them and I said, oh, it might get better. I'm the new guy. I'm the rookie. It's like hazing. Um, it, it'll get better. Don't assume that <laughs> and, and, and don't ignore the red flags. I mean, like I said, um, even in my department, there were four or five people. You know, my department was five people. My boss uh, a manager and then three staff. So it was five people. And during that time, the other two staff turned over three times. I mean, there were people that um, kept looking for jobs as they worked there and, and were there for less than two weeks. There were people that were there for a couple days while they waited for another job to accept them and then they left. Um, don't ignore the red flags. Don't assume it's going to get better. And and I hate to say this, but don't always assume HR is on your side, um, you know, because sometimes they're not. Okay. Well, that, that's a that's a good uh, life lesson that you had to learn the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, guys. Uh, this has been uh, Dwayne out of Buffalo, New York. He uh, he, he just spent the last uh, thirty minutes telling us about a boss that had some serious boundary issues and uh, professional uh, development issues. And uh, so, anyways, Dwayne, thank you very much for being on the show today. Uh, sorry about some of the little uh, uh, interruptions that we had that I'm going to try to edit out of here. <laughs> no, no problem. No problem. That's what makes it fun. All right. Have a good one. Hey, take care and have a good one. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Brian Lamar again. 
Uh, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, today's podcast. I I understand that you probably experienced um, some audio issues, and if you made it this far in the podcast, I applaud you. Uh, I'm still learning some of the software, and I know that there was a little bit of reverb in in the interview and also a couple of uh, interruptions that I had to uh, edit out. But uh, during the interview – uh, we talked about malicious compliance a little bit. It's also known as malicious obedience. Uh, malicious compliance, but simply is just behavior in the in the workplace, and uh, uh, where you're intentionally inflicting harm by strictly following the orders of a of a boss or a supervisor, by, by and knowing uh, or intending that compliance with with the orders that you're given will have an unattended uh unintended or negative result it usually uh, implies with following an order just that ignores or undermines an order's intent but and it follows it to the letter, but it's it's a very form of passive aggressive behavior that's often associated with poor management labor relationships. So if you don't get along with your boss and your boss tells you something to do something and then you say, oh, if I do it this way, my boss will get in trouble or something will screw up and possibly my, my boss will get in trouble. Uh, that's what my, uh, malicious compliance is. Um, usually it pops its head up when there's a, a generalized lack of confidence in, in your boss or if you're being micromanaged uh, to the point where you don't feel like you have the empowerment to, to do what you need to do as a, as a professional. Um, you know, it's – Sometimes it's uh, when people just give up and they think that resistance to to following the orders to the letter uh, is pointless uh, or, you know, you're going to get in trouble. So there's lots of reasons, not necessarily just passive aggressive, but also just when there's apathy like um, Mr. Dwayne was talking about. So anyways, um, that's malicious compliance, just following the orders to the letter, uh, even knowing that possibly it's going to screw things up. Uh, anyways, again, thank you very much for being with us for this long in this interview, and we appreciate all of our listeners. And um, we're going to just continue trying really hard to give you guys some good quality content. This has been an episode of Work Sucks. Work Sucks is a podcast in the Lamar Communications Group. For questions or a chance to have your story featured on this podcast, email the host at brian.lamar1453 at gmail.com.